tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. around the world we are back live yet again for another episode of run the points i am the hispanic from the atlantic rob your resident yankees saints sacramento kings and new jersey devils fan and on the other side is aaron what's up aaron what's going on rob how are you hey man i'm i'm, I'm welcoming spring over here on the east coast it, it finally found its way through through the through the clouds and the rain and, and all of that nonsense, man. Yeah, that's good stuff. We finally got some, some sunny Bay Area weather out here. You know, playoff vibes. Got the Sharks in the playoffs. Got the Doves in the playoffs. So, you know, the, the whole Bay Area is lit right now. <laughs> Let them know. Let them know. Speaking hey, of the, of the play, ready. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, Let's, oh man, I really, I really wish, I really wish that the that the Warriors would would just be 100% healthy all across the board, uh, because as as much as I kind of, much as I'm I'm taken aback by the super team super team that they created, um, as as a sports fan, it is it is fun to watch those guys, you know, clicking on all cylinders for sure. Um, let's let's get right into some some NBA playoff basketball. Uh, some some uh, some update on uh, on what's going on. I'm just going to quickly go over where each series is, and then you know we'll talk about some some hot takes, uh, some some topics going on in, in the playoffs in general. Uh, we've got Houston up three one in Minnesota, Utah, my Utah Jazz up three one in OKC. Uh, Pelicans made light work of the Blazers. Uh, the the Dubs are up three one on the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Toronto and Washington tied two two. Same with Cleveland and Indiana. Philly up three to one on the Miami Dwayne Wades, and Boston and the Bucks tied two two. Now, right off the bat, Aaron, what what are what are a few a few things that you've noticed in the first round? What are, what are a few major major uh, topics you want to get into here? So, one of the things I would say the biggest I would say one of the biggest surprises is the Jazz continuing their hot hot start or streak, so to speak, the way they ended the regular season hot and brought it straight on into the first round of the playoffs. So that, to me, was pretty surprising. Um, One of the biggest surprises is Indiana actually giving Cleveland a run for their money. Um, And to me, it goes to show that Cleveland is not a title contender. Um, They might – you know, can make it out of the East. But I honestly, I'm telling you right now, 
These Sixers, boy, I, every game I, that trust the process, man, they are a scary team that uh, I would not want to see. And uh, I, like I said, I think a some of the struggles with uh, with Harden. Uh, I mean, luckily, I mean they're playing a young Bucks team that Jimmy Butler is not 100. Cat has just kind of been in playoff shock. Um, but the Rockets haven't been playing uh, typical, typical Rockets basketball that they're playing. Um, so they're already starting to show some, some strain there. And they, if they play that hot jazz team, woo, it could be a jazz Warriors Western conference final. I will tell you that, um, tell you that much. So I would probably say those are kind of my biggest things with, uh, OKC, their lack of just overall functioning as a team and, Melo has faded away. Uh, Westbrook is just way off of his game. And, uh, you know, playoff Pete, as he now calls himself, PG-13, is just a shell of himself. So, uh, I, like, I, like I kept saying it leading up to it, man, the playoffs are a totally different beast. And uh, OKC is in a lot, a lot of trouble. All of those issues that uh, I kept talking about leading up to are starting to show face with their lack of depth, ISO ball, uh, you know, just overall team of just trying to be bullied, and now they're being bullied uh, by Utah. What what what, is, what was uh, what what was Paul George calling himself? Playoff playoff something? You you playoff you P. This, this recent playoff P. That's what it was. Playoff P. <laughs> playoff oh P. my goodness! Yeah. <laughs> uh, somewhere out there, I feel like Swaggy P's got a problem with that. I don't I don't know. That's just me. Um, so I, I I agree with with all of your main points there, um, but before I kind of uh, elaborate on those, let me add my one that's a little bit different is for for years now I've I've been just waiting and waiting for the for the Washington Wizards just to just to make some sort of noise in the playoffs. Now I don't don't see them as a championship contender. Don't see them coming out of the East. Uh, probably don't even see them making to the Eastern Conference Finals. But they've they've had a pretty solid roster for quite a while now in the relatively weak Eastern Conference, then come playoff time, they just get that Toronto Raptors syndrome. I, I don't know what it is. You know, they, they have arguably one of the best guard tandems in the whole NBA with John Wall and, and Bradley Beal, who Bradley Beal used to be uh, uh, babysat by by Nelly, the rapper, uh, in case you guys didn't know that. A little little golden nugget for you, but... Maybe this is this is uh, this is the year that the Wizards make a little bit of noise. As I said, don't expect it to be a loud noise, but some noise nonetheless. Uh, be- before I elaborate on what you talked about, Aaron, just just quick quick take of yours on on the the Washington Wizards team, because for me, I just I don't know. They're they're so talented, and they just they just can't seem to put it together. What, what do you what do you think about the Wizards? So I think the Wizards are who we thought they are. Um, I, I think they're a great regular season team. I actually think they could be a potential Eastern Conference Finals contender. I think what it is is just a lack of leadership overall on that team. Like, I honestly think there is, like, some secret Shaq-Kobe beef between John Wall and Bradley Beal um, because they're too good to just constantly just shell away and – you know, for whatever reason, they just always seem to be like a play away or a play short. They find instead of finding ways to win games, they find ways to lose games. Um, and it's usually just because of, for whatever reason, between Bill and Wall, they just 
to me, they don't have that mesh. They don't have a, they don't have that Curry Thompson, that Curry Durant kind of feel to where it could be, you know, they have the potential to have that. They don't have that, um, you know, that CP3 kind of James Harden love that they've, you know, magically sown or Ben Simmons and Joel and B kind of tandem. I mean, and you look at it, it's just kind of, you know, I don't know. It, it seems like they're just going through the motions and it's kind of the same thing with OKC. I kind of put them all in that same boat to where it's just like OKC is just more talented than the Wizards. So, you know, they can just, at the end of the day, just you, they got more talent so they can just beat better, you know, less talented teams, I should say. Um, but and I, I just think that's my take on the Wizards is it's like, yeah, there's there's something between John Wall and and Bradley Beal, and they just don't seem to mesh. You know, you don't get that that vibe between them, like you know, like there should be between a, a duo of that dynamic that has that type of skill set and ability to take over games, so to speak. Uh, I I agree with the the lack of leadership. Um, I think there's a general consensus that unfortunately John Wall is not that great of a leader. Uh, interesting point you made about Beal and Wall and their, their on, on the court dynamic. I, that's something that I, that I kind of picked up on myself. Um, just, you know, just looking at their, at their nonverbal communication, their body language and how they perform, as you said it in, in crunch time, you know, when the game's on the line, they just, there's, there's something awkward, something odd, something there that just, just doesn't add up. I, I don't know what it is. I can't put a finger on it. Uh, but just one more thing about that team is throughout their, you know, I'll call it a run. You know, they've been they've been relatively successful over the, over the the length of John Wall's time there. During the course of this so-called run, they they've really lacked quality big men on that team. I mean, who's their center now? Marcin Gortat? Uh, come on, man. I mean, nothing nothing against Gortat himself. You know, he's you know he he is he is what he is. But uh, no. I feel like if the Wizards can just add one or perhaps two quality big men, that it could really put them over the top. Uh, getting to some of the other teams, though, uh, the Jazz. I've been saying since these playoffs started that watch out for the Jazz. They're going to be that that eighth seed to sink in the playoffs. And I was right, yet I was also so wrong. They had really, really, really hot finish to the season, and this is obviously carried over into the, into the playoffs. Uh, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, and if, I know we, we did a segment uh, two weeks ago about um, NBA awards and rookie of the year candidates. If you were to ask me today, I would be hard pressed not to strongly consider Donovan Mitchell. He's really holding his own and then some. Um, and you know, when you have a defensive player of the year candidate in the, the stifle tower, it's, it's definitely, definitely a tough matchup for, for a, lackadaisical ISO teams such as the Oklahoma City Thunder, which is so perplexing. I mean, you talk about just, just the raw talent. Um, I'm not quite sure I'd, I'd put Melo as, you know, being at the top of his game. You, you, you clearly can't, but you pair Paul George and Russell Westbrook, you've you got to expect better results than this. Um, but, you know, Russell Westbrook has been in, and despite his high assist numbers, um, he's definitely been more of a, more of an ISO player than than he appears to be to the naked eye, if you will. Um, Mello's a very ISO player. Uh, hey, even, even even Paul George. So that's I'm not so sure that that's recipe for success to begin with. But 
know, you, you put those big three together and you hope you can make it work, and it, it clearly hasn't. Um, they also have lack of depth, as you alluded to. I think the loss of Andre Roberson really, really hindered this team, especially on the perimeter, you know, him being a, a strong strong wing player uh, and just, just another shooter on the floor. And we, we can't we can't dismiss coaching. I mean, when, when, when we're talking about how these star players can't pull it together, sure, a lot of the onus is on them, but you, you can't allow the coach to be the scapegoat in this situation. Uh, <clears throat> last but not least, the Cavs, they're, they made it 2-2 two to two in that series versus Indy, but it wasn't easy. And the Cavs go as LeBron goes. He's pretty much got to be a, a, a one-man wrecking crew. Um, we, we've kind of criticized back and forth. I, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. I, I, I don't think, Aaron, that you, you are a LeBron hater, but I, I'm probably uh, much more of a fan of his than, than you, you may be, at least currently in his career. Uh, and him, him or not him, sorry, the, the Cavs bringing in all these new players and, you know, shuffling up the roster. We didn't quite know how it was going to work out. Um, and here they are, somewhat struggling against the Indiana Pacers. But, you know, the, the Pacers, they're, they're, they're no scrubs. So, you know, I wouldn't, of course, call them an elite team, but they're, they're no pushovers. Um, the biggest question that I have is where in the world is Kevin Love. I know he's gone through some some injuries. He has during the last few years of his career, but come on, man. Like we're we're in the playoffs now. Cleveland's got a whole new roster as I just mentioned. There is no more Kyrie Irving. The whole Isaiah Thomas thing didn't work out. There is there is no big three. It's it's LeBron, Kevin Love, and all the rest. And Tristan Thompson has been seemingly benched and has been in the doghouse ever since he got caught on camera his little uh, nightclub uh, footage. I'm sure most of you guys have, have seen or heard about that, um, the mysterious benching of Tristan Thompson, if you will. But Kevin Love has got to step it up. I mean, when he was in Minnesota, this was this was a, you know, a, a MVP caliber player. This was the guy that you were considering as being a cornerstone of your team. And then, you know, LeBron recruited him to the Cavs and there was a rocky relationship early on, and things kind of seemed to, to fizzle out as, as far as being more positive amongst the two. But as far as the production and Kevin Love playing up to his potential, not even close, man, not even close. Uh, quick thoughts on Kevin Love, and also if you think Jordan Clarkson's performance in the last game was, was somewhat of a one-hit wonder, if you think he's really going to be a factor in this series. So... My take on the on the Cavs is this: the Cavs are who they are, who we thought they are, or who I thought they were. And so all these Cavs fans, LeBron stands, whatever, you know, that first game when they had that new roster and they came out and they blew out Boston in Boston, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, they're winning the title and all this stuff," and it's like, "No, no, it's not going to happen." And Again, to me, it's like I have no care in the world for him. Kevin Love has been the same Kevin Love. Every year in the playoffs, it happens. It happens that first year or, you know, last year with Golden State when he just was taken out of the series. Like, that's the thing is Kevin Love is who we thought he is. Like, every you know, he was up in Minnesota, but he was just putting up a big number in Minnesota because he's the only person on the team. I mean, it's like – 
Minnesota. Like, I mean, who else did they have? They had Kevin Love and a bunch of dudes. Um, just kind of like how they got LeBron and a bunch of dudes. Um, and it's going to take, you know, players like Jordan Clarkston and the rest of the guys to to put together those kind of games to help LeBron. But at the same time, am I going to bet that they're going to be able to do that an entire series, you know, in the finals of the Eastern Conference or the NBA? No, I have no faith in them. And even if they do, the teams they're going to be up against are way too good. Cleveland's problem is they've been terrible on defense all year, and it's showing, and they're only going to play better teams than Indy right now. Um, And there's no knock on Indy. Like, Indy is a good team, but there's no way that the Cavs, if they're as good and if LeBron is as good as he says he is and people make him out to be, there's no way he should be struggling in this series right now. Like, it's not like he's going up against the big three not like he's going up against, you know, a team that has more superstars. The biggest superstar on Indiana right now is Victor Oladipo. Name me any other starter on that team. Most people can't do I mean, it, I can... which is kind of my point. <laughs> I mean, I mean, of, 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 course, of course, you and I could. Of course, of course, of course the, 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 of course, you and I could name the starters on, on Indy. Uh, I'm a big fan of Miles Turner, actually, especially his, his range as, as a big man. But, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, and I'm, while I don't disagree with what you just said, it, it, I need to see more from Kevin Love. Kevin Love has got to be, dare I say, dominant. Um, he's he's got to at least shoot more. He's got to at least shoot more efficiently. I'm I'm, I'm watching this guy shoot mid-range jumpers or, or even uh, you know shots just inside a three-point line, and he's 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 bricking left and right, man. Like it's. It, if he if he has nothing else to offer, he's got to at least be more efficient shooting the ball. He's not, but that's my thing is it's like it's getting down. Like these games are close, and it's not like either team is blowing either team out. Like every game in this series could have gone either way. Um, True. To neither team. So to me, this game, this series is going seven. Um, and I mean, I just think, and that to me is just kind of like it's, you know. The Cavs barely won by four, you know, this past weekend. And, you know, before that, you know, Indy got hot in one quarter and, you know, kind of blew them out. But the Cavs still had a chance late, um, you know, kind of a deal. And I mean, to me, it's just it, – there's it, so much going wrong that I'm seeing right now that I'm just kind of like – this is just more than, oh, it's their first series. They just need to get that, you know – get the monkey off their back kind of a deal. Like, no, this team has serious issues and serious problems. And the same people who, you know, criticize LeBron, you know, or, you know, say he's the greatest. To me, it's kind of like, okay, he's the greatest player. He's the best basketball player on the court. And you're telling me he cannot just single-handedly take over a game against the Indiana Pacers? Like, not Meta World Peace out there, not Reggie Miller, you know, not Mark Jackson running the point. The Indiana Pacers was the best player on the court besides him as Victor Oladipo. Like, I, I just find it hard to believe, and that's where my frustration comes in and why I have a lack of kind of respect, quote-unquote, for Braun. Um, I think he's amazing. I, you know, I give him all his props. That, yeah, he's, you know, the best in the game right now. But, you know, for me, for him to say he's the best, he's better than a Jordan, he's better than a Kobe, he's better than this, and it's like – oh, you guys want him to lead the team in rebounds and scoring. It's like, no, he chose to put that team together. Like, I didn't ask him to do it. 
he could have went out there and got anybody. But, no, he wants to be the GM. He wants to be the coach. He wants to be the head, you know, honcho over there. So it's kind of like that's on him. You put yourself in that situation. So at the end of the day, you get what you deserve, my friend. Um, and so that, to me, is just kind of the biggest thing. Um, for me, my criticism of him is just kind of like you develop these teams, you put these rosters together. Um, yeah, you won one title, but you know that was more Kyrie than it was you. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. Man, I just man, I... <laughs> it, it's just I I can't I I hesitate to to make this reference, Aaron, but it. I don't want to to get to the point as as a fan as a as a basketball fan. Uh, I, I remember Kobe just like struggling and trying to get that last championship, and the Lakers were just mixing and ma- matching the roster the last few years, and it just it just wouldn't it just wouldn't pan out. It just wouldn't work out, and I I, I hate I hate to see LeBron be LeBron and the Cavaliers just just not put it together, whether it's this year or next year, or, you know. However, however long down the road, but anyway, still a lot of basketball left to be played. Um, but let's change gears for a minute. We got the NFL draft coming up this week. Uh, let's go through a, a couple of couple of projections uh, in the in the first round, and then we'll have a little bit of fun. Uh, I'll I'll kind of discuss what I think the Saints should and could do, and and you'll you'll take the the reign of pets. Patch GM for for a few minutes, uh, but first and foremost, as I mentioned, what, what, do you, what do you think about the first round? Any 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 surprises? I mean, there's there's a lot of quarterbacks that are projected to go in the first round, more so than than I can remember in any draft in my lifetime. So I mean, to me, it's just like I don't know what these teams are doing, and none of these team none of these quarterbacks that are in this draft class to me are franchise ready. And what I mean by that is I think these teams kind of need to go. These quarterbacks have the talent, but A, they need to get put and get drafted by the right team. And then B, they just need to get put into the position to where it's like they can just kind of come in and learn. Like that to me is just the biggest thing. I don't think any of these guys are ready to have that major of an impact. Um you know, they're projecting them to be. Like, I'm not a fan of Josh Allen. I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield. I'm not a fan of any of these top quarterbacks. And I think if you draft one, you sit them behind. Like, the Giants, take a quarterback. You can take a high quarterback and you can put them behind Eli and let them learn, you know. But I don't think you can just come in and say, all right, here's, you know. Basically, to me, it's kind of like you're drafting the heir to the apparent throne of whatever quarterback. You know, the Browns, you take a quarterback. Hey, you stick with Tyrod for two to three years, let this kid learn, uh, and then kind of go into it, you know. But I, I don't think you come in and let these guys actually truly compete for a starting job, or even consider giving them uh, a starting job at any point in time because they, they got a lot of potential, but you know that could go wrong. And you know, in the NFL, it's a, it's a hard league to, you know, you could be a Mark Sanchez, <laughs> go to the, you know. <laughs> And well, hold on. Why do you, or why, AFC, why do you got to bring Mark Sanchez in this, title bro? Game. Come on. You know. <laughs> I'm just saying, every, his uh, first couple of years, everyone was in on Mark Sanchez, and then it was like, 
I kept saying this guy is not worth it. He's hidden behind that running game and he's that great defense. Like, you know, don't ask this kid to go out there and win your games. And then once he, you know, that stuff started to fade, he started to get exposed. <laughs> and then next thing you know, Man. the butt fumble. <laughs> oh my! So in the same in the same sentence, you brought up not only Mark Sanchez but also the infamous butt fumble. This is what you get, folks, when you tune in to run the point. <laughs> oh man, I, I feel like there, there are still Jets fans out there that are like, man, Mark Sanchez, he brought us to the AFC title game, and then I just stopped listening to them. Yeah, uh, like, you know, I, I think so. Yeah. I I agree with you. Whole, I agree with you pretty much through and through, bro. I mean, I think that I think that a lot of it has to do with these teams that are just starving for quarterbacks, starving for a franchise quarterback. When you got guys like Sam Bradford bouncing around making really, really good money, when you got guys like we'll talk about the Jets, you got guys like like Josh McCown, you know, hanging around playing for the New York Jets. And I can come up with with other examples as well. I mean, he's Jay Cutler. These, Jay, oh my goodness, Jay, oh. what, 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 man, you're 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 killing me, bro. You're bringing up Jay Cutler, Mark Sanchez. I can't <laughs> take this anymore. But but yeah, so that's a perfect perfect example. I mean, these the veteran quarterbacks that are bouncing around from team to team are very very low quality. I think the state of the NFL is one in which these teams are, as I said, just starving for quality quarterback play, or at least the, the hope of of quality quarterback play. Um, and th- this this is what you get. I mean, we're looking at four or five quarterbacks maybe going in the first round. Um, a lot of teams are probably going to reach for them. And there's there's some quality defensive players. There's some quality offensive linemen, uh, so forth and so on. And uh, who knows who knows what's going to happen. But it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be must see TV. So make sure you get your popcorn. Uh, speaking of quarterback, the the Giants are sitting in a very interesting position. At number two, um, I think there's a there's a fifty fifty split on whether people feel like Eli's still got some something left in the tank versus the Giants should probably move on sooner rather than, than later. Um, I'm more the of the proponent of I think Eli can still play uh, at a decent level. Uh, I wouldn't say that Eli has ever played at an extremely high level. I wouldn't say he's ever been an MVP caliber type player, but you know, he's he's what the Giants have have needed, and they've been successful, and he's won a couple of championships. So it is what it is. But I I, I don't I don't see the Giants taking the quarterback at number two. If they do, it would shake the draft up entirely. Um, there's been some talk about them taking Saquon Barkley at number two. That's of course if Cleveland doesn't do so. Um, but I, I can also see the Giants trading out of the number two spot on draft day, just pushing that thing to the limit, getting as much as they possibly can. Maybe there's a team that goes into panic mode and just, you know, offers the house. Uh, you know, a la Mike Ditka, like, bro, here's all my draft picks. Let me get that number two spot. You know, let's see what happens. Uh, but the Giants, the Giants are, are very much a wild card team in, in this draft. Uh, what do you, what do you think they're going to do with that, with that pick if they even hold on to it? So. If I were them, I think – so here's what I would do if I were them. I would take Barkley with that second pick because, to me, here's my thing. I think Eli can still play. 
Eli, like you said, I agree, was has never been an MVP, has never been that guy who you hang your hat on and say this guy is, you know, the greatest or, or whatever. To me, it's like he's a great game manager. He won't lose you a game, but he's also not a guy who you can just ride um, to victory. You can't ask him to go out and throw, you know, 45 to 50 times for, you know, 400 yards, 350 or something like that um, and win you a game. That's just not who Eli is. Um, but I think Eli's the guy you can, you know, have him drop back, you know, 25 times uh, and give him a solid running game and a solid defense, and he can win you some games. And he'll put up, you know, 250, two touchdowns, interception, you know, or something like that. But I think you trade – you know, I think they you take Barkley or you trade down. I don't think you draft a quarterback this high with that pick. Um, I think maybe you trade down to, you know, somewhere in between the 10 to 15 range and then get you a solid guy at that, at that point. Um, you know, because I'm pretty sure one of these guys, you know, there's still some, some solid QBs out there. Um, this draft is almost kind of quarterback heavy, so to speak. Um, so that, if I was the GM, that's what I would do. But I just don't think you can pass up. You can't compare any of these quarterbacks to a guy like Barkley. Um, if there's a quarterback who has that game-changing, franchise-changing potential like a Barkley, then, yeah, you take him. If not, then, you know, to me it's like I think you almost kind of got to take, A, the best guy available um, when it comes to that much talent when you're in those first three top five spots. It's like, I don't really care if I need, you know, a wide out, but if the best player in the draft is a wide out and he's available, okay, I you lining up, you know, beside Odell and let's go. Um, but to me, it's kind of like some of that talent just doesn't really relate. You know, none of those quarterback talents relate to a guy like Barkley is kind of, you know, my point. So I think you got to take Barkley or trade down um, and gather some other draft picks and, you know, take a quarterback uh, later on in the draft at some point or whatever it is that they want. True, man. True. Um, I don't, man, if, if I, I like how you just played uh giants GM for a minute. Let, let me, let me play Brown's GM for a moment. What I would do is I would, because the, the Browns took miles Garrett last year, the, the Browns have, I don't want to go on my Browns rant about how they've had like a top five pick for like 20 straight years and I've yet to field a competitive team. I'll leave that for another day. But if I were the Browns, I would take that game-changing running back at number one, Saquon Barkley, and then keep my number four pick and whatever quarterback fell to me, I'd take my chance. You made a point earlier, a very good one at that, where you don't see these quarterbacks really separating one from the other, none of them having this really game change, et cetera, et cetera, and I agree with all that. So I'm the Browns. Uh, do I really feel like Josh Rosen is that much better than Baker Mayfield? Or, you know, I could, I could interchange, you know, four or five names in there with that comparison. So, hey, take Barkley and whatever quarterback falls to me at four, take him. Um, but that's – I don't. I don't think they're going to do that. I think the Browns are just going to take quarterback number one overall, and their their fate's going to be tied to him. Uh, but I, I think the smart move would be Barkley, and then whatever quarterback fell to them at at four. Um, let's uh, talk about the 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 team that was oh so close to winning the big one in February. Your New England Patriots. 
Aaron, I hope <laughs> that you're over hope that you're over that gut wrenching loss. Uh I hate to bring back some bad memories. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So how do the Pats I don't want to say bounce back, but how do they have a good start to the off season here and, and draft well? What what do you think they're gonna implement as their draft strategy? What do you feel like they need? Uh, give a little bit of insight to the people. So I will say this. So last year the Patriots had, I think, seven draft picks, and we traded five of them. So to be honest with you, I that's the one thing as being a Pats fan, it, to me it's almost like being a, uh, being a Sixers fan. You just trust the process. Uh, you trust Belichick because he always seems to find a way to make things work. You just kind of look at it and it's like, okay, you trade Jamie Allen and then you're just kind of like, that was dumb. And you do these things. And to me, it's kind of, you know, I, I have no clue what they're going to do. Uh, and I stopped trying to make predictions. Um, but ultimately, if it was me, then I would A, be looking for a guy who could replace Brady. Um and I think this is the time. I think you kind of you get a guy. You know, there have been rumors rumors of Lamar Jackson now if he'll be at that point at you know that low, which I kind of think he will be. Um, I think you take him, and to me, it's you give him. And they were very very impressed from every report that I've heard um, with him. And to me, you get a guy like that with Bill Belichick and, you know, Josh McDaniels. And you're kind of, look what Josh McDaniels did with Tim Tebow. Um, and I think what he could do with a guy as talented as Lamar Jackson. And so that's, this is why I always kind of preference things of how great players' careers go, just kind of depending upon where they get drafted. Because, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson is not a guy who you can just come in and, and you put him on the Cleveland Browns and say, okay, you're the starting quarterback, go win us 12 games and get us in the playoffs. He's not that guy. But I, I think when you kind of get him around some, some evil madmen and some masterminds who can kind of, you know, find out what he does. I mean, heck, even look with the, you know, with the uh, what the Pats did with, you know, Jimmy G, who, you know, is immersely talented and um, – the other guy, Jacoby, um, what's his name? You know, Brissett. backing up or starting, yeah, Brissett, who was uh, with the Colts. Um, you know, they were able to win games with with those guys um, who were far less talented, or you know, I, you know, Jimmy G or versus Lamar Jackson. It's not a comparison at this point, but you kind of you, you get what I'm saying is, um, yeah. you know, they can they can take guys and kind of plug and play and put them in a system and build a system around to their skill set to what they can do and still win games. Um, so I kind of, if there was one player in the draft who I hope to see that we have a solid actual possibility, you know, there's no way we're getting a Barkley. There's no way we're getting any of these things unless they just trade Tom Brady and Gronk and, you know, and <laughs> our entire defense, you know, over to someone kind of a deal. But Lamar Jackson, uh, it's probably the one guy that I would kind of hope to see um, end up in, in the Pats, and I just think it was kind of their mastermind behind it. Uh, it would be fun to see, um, you know, that kind of open up for him. I mean, you talk, you talk about a guy with seemingly unlimited potential. You know, sky, sky's the limit. Uh, 
as far as Lamar Jackson goes. He's definitely got to be placed in a suitable system. He's got to be placed on a team that has a head coach like a Bill Belichick, you know, a, a solid organization. He's got to be in the right environment. I really believe that. But, you know, you get to as late as the, as the Pats pick, and you're looking at – you take a guy like Lamar Jackson, who if it works out, my goodness, you're looking like a genius. Uh, or you, you kind of go safe and say, yeah, let me take the best available defensive end. Do I take the best available offensive tackle, you know, so so forth and so on. Uh, I think it would come down to, to, to one, one of the two. I feel like the Pats are always looking to, to build both sides of the line, offensively and defensively, in the draft. Uh, I think that's kind of been a, a trademark of theirs. But, hey, I, yeah, I would sit there and clap. I would sit there and clap. <clears throat> Go ahead. And we're notorious, too, for, you know, finding that veteran and, and squeezing an extra year or so out of him um, kind of a deal. And, you know, he's on his downward side. And I, I honestly think, kind of, to be honest with you, I think at this point the Patriots windows are probably about another two years um, you know, I think this Brady's contract is done in two years, and I think that's it. Um, and so I think I think at this point they're kind of in that we'll go all in for one year kind of a deal, um, and, and that's kind of where they'll find a free agent, you know, sign them to a one-year crazy deal and make a run at it, um, like they did, you know, the year we went with, um, you know, we had uh, – you know, Revis and, and Bolden and, and Malcolm Butler and all those guys and that crazy defense, um, or Bronner, I'm sorry, um, that year when we went up against Seattle um, and they just kind of went all out and just, you know, paid big money and said, all right, you know, we'll make a run and hopefully it pays off. Um, and I think that's kind of where we're at these last two years of, you know, we'll make some crazy free agent signings or trades or something. Uh, come draft day or, or whenever, and um, you know, make a run at it and see what happens. So, you got a fairly uh, a fairly good, easy schedule this year too. Um, and so, I think it's very much doable. Do I think we'll make it to three straight Super Bowls? No. Um, you know, I think this is you know a year where someone else probably sneaks in at some point in time, but, you know, just because it's crazy to make it to three straight Super Bowls, um, you know, a la the, you know, bills we did for, but, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm more of a realist. I have no clue what the organization is going to do uh, just because it's the Patriots and you just can't really predict, uh, you know, where they'll end up. So I hope we get Lamar Jackson or get someone as talented as him. Um, but definitely think it's kind of time to start looking to find the heir to a parent throne of Brady since we've lost, you know, Jacoby and Jimmy G and Jimmy G signed that big contract extension with the Niners. So, uh, you know, that it's not like he's coming back to New England once Brady's gone. So, dude, dude, how did so you mentioned Brissett and Jimmy G and all those guys? How'd you leave out Matt Castle? Man, Matt Castle didn't even show up to practice the game. <laughs> he ever since he went down to Houston, he has lost the Patriot way. So um, Matt Castle wrote his own check after that. I mean, he did take us to what, like eleven and five that year. Um, so yeah, the guy could play for whatever reason. I don't know. You know, whatever happened to him, he lost his way. 
So and Ryan Mallett out of Arkansas, he was supposed to be the next guy too. So <laughs> saw how that worked out. And and the the guy the guy who just returned, Brian Hoyer. Yep. That's, uh, I ain't gonna get on Brian Hoyer. No, no, no. We 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 can leave Brian Hoyer alone. But it's it's it is it is amazing like how many quality backup quarterbacks have come out of New England, and it just reinforces the whole uh, system argument. Um, but I think I've heard, heard enough about the Patriots. Let me let me let me t- talk about the Saints for a little while. <laughs> so, uh, so the the New Orleans Saints were one dramatic play shy of going to the NFC Championship game, which. Uh, I don't I don't know if they would have beaten Philly. Philly was on Philly was on one that that game, uh, but they definitely would have put up a better performance in that game than uh, the Vikings did. Uh, so they very few people expected them to be there. Very few people expected them to make the playoffs. Um, they've historically had bad defenses, and they were losing games, 42 to 38, 38 to 33, and it was just painful to watch. Drew Brees just breaking records left and right and just you know, defense unable to stop anybody. I mean, they they set records for being historically bad on defense. They have a phenomenal draft in 2017. Uh, they have the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, um, you know, so forth and so on. All of that's well documented. Uh, so the, the the Saints, in, in my opinion, uh, my slightly unbiased opinion, that they're they're here to stay. Um, that they, they've definitely got a got a. You mentioned the Pats having a two-year window. I think I think I'd safely say the Saints have a two-year window to to make make a final run at at a title. Um, they made a lot of moves this off-season. That they, they didn't make any big splashes per se, but they added quality players like Patrick Robinson, that nickel corner who played extremely well for the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Demario Davis, who was middle linebacker for the New York Jets. While the Jets are nothing to write home about, uh, DeWario Davis had the best season of his career last year, and the Saints have historically had bad luck with, with linebackers. So you can't have too many good linebackers, especially on that team. Uh, you had a guy like Kurt Coleman, safety from the Panthers, who had a down season last year, but throughout his career, he's he's been fairly solid. Uh, you had a they were struggling with tight end last year and moving the ball on third down. They bring back Benjamin Watson, who I believe is 37 years young, but you don't need to make a big splash on that, on that uh, skill position group on offense. He just adds another little piece such as Ben Watson. And he complements things. And uh, they added to the offensive line and uh, so forth and so on. They, they, they brought back uh, some good players on the defensive line and they just set themselves up to, Take the proverbial best player available. Um, they're not. They're not. Uh, they picked up Kevin Meredith from the Bears, who, despite coming off a torn ACL, was really prone to breaking out two years ago when he had the, a good year for the for the Bears, when uh, they pretty much had nobody throwing him the ball in a really, 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 really bad offense. So, once again, they, they've kind of built an off season around. Just bringing in a lot, a lot of solid guys. No, no, no big ticket free agents. They missed on Damakong Sue. They missed on Muhammad Wilkerson. They missed on Jimmy Graham. They missed on Jordy Nelson. Uh, so they, it wasn't for lack of trying, but they they got those second and third tier guys 
by the bunches, and they really can be extremely flexible in the draft. Um, as far as what they need the most, um, they need some help on the defensive line. Uh, before last year, they are really banking on Nick Fairley having a huge impact. They had just signed him to a big extension, but as you all may well know, he had to retire from the NFL due to having a heart condition, I believe. Um, Cameron Jordan has been searching for for a, a running mate for the last seven years. I mean, he's sitting there as a one-man wrecking crew, like, where's my help at, bro? So if you can add a, a quality edge rusher, that would definitely make a huge difference. Um, basically, anywhere on the defensive line, you can't go wrong adding depth. They had a so they actually, despite having one of the best offensive lines in football last year, they had a lot of injuries, and they shuffled their offensive line quite a bit. And they had a very versatile guy who played pretty much every position but center by the name of Samuel Calamente. And he left New Orleans for the Texans for uh, you know, seemingly a, a chance to start rather than be, be a backup and a, and a role player, you know, the, the sixth man, if you will, on the O-line. So building O-line depth, should definitely be a priority. Uh, I mentioned they brought in Benjamin Watson, but they could definitely get younger, more athletic, faster, more impactful at tight end. There's a few guys available that are projected to go towards the end of the first round into the second round, and the Saints pick number 27, I believe. Um, can never have enough good cornerbacks, and can never have enough good wide receivers. Uh, one thing that I want to say about the wide receiver group is you look at the top four guys. Mike Thomas is over six feet. You bring in Cam Meredith, and if he's healthy, uh, you know he's he's going to probably play in the slot. He's he's like six foot four. They bring back Brandon Coleman, a guy from Rutgers. You know, I'm sitting here recording this from Jersey, so I got a shout out Rutgers University. He he's a big receiver at six four, and then th- their one deep threat, Ted Ginn, is five eleven. He may as well be six feet. So they've they've got a pretty pretty tall group of receivers, which Sean Payton can get really innovative and creative with on offense. Uh, it's not like he hasn't done so in the past. He's one of the brightest offensive minds in the game. Uh, but in short, the Saints have set themselves up to really take the best player available. Um, they just they just got to keep adding to to the veteran depth that they they brought in in the off season, and hopefully they'll they'll have nearly as good of a draft as they did last year. You, you, can't, you can't beat that. You can't beat having the offensive and defensive rookies of the year. But we'll see. And I know, Aaron, you're, you're rooting for a, for a Saints-Patriots Super Bowl. I, I know that's something that you would like to see. So, me too. Yeah. I, surprisingly, actually, I would because I am a uh, – I like Breeze. I, I, you know, Breeze to me is just one of those guys who, uh, you know, you don't hear much about – doing any of the wrong things. So um, I, I would actually like to see, you know, he's one of those guys to me, like I said, I, I would like to see him kind of, uh, you know, to me, he deserves another one. Um, he's just always, like I said, just kind of that guy who does things the right way. So he gets a lot of my respect um, on that end. So I am secretly rooting for for them um, to to kind of bust out. You got my vote. Music to my ears. All right, so now that now that we got a chance to talk about our favorite teams, let's kind of wrap things up in the NFL. By um, by the way, if you guys didn't know, the NFL regular season schedule is now out. So 
You can start booking your flights, buying your tickets, making your hotel accommodations, talking trash to your friends, plotting your fantasy football picks, so forth and so on. But to, to keep things in somewhat of a summary, uh, we're going to go through the, the primetime games. We'll make this relatively quick before we wrap it up with some baseball talk. Just going to quickly go through literally every primetime game of the year and simply say who we think is going to win. Nothing more, nothing less. Aaron, are you ready? Yep. Of, of course you're ready. That was a rhetorical question. All right, we, week one, <laughs> Falcons at the <laughs> Falcons at the Eagles. Who you got? Uh, I think Philly solely just because home opener coming off the Super Bowl place is going to be crazy. So uh, they just kind of already got the momentum, momentum, the momentum <laughs> and the edge in that uh, in that game. So actually, I'm, yeah, I'm going Philly. Uh, that one. I agree. I think Philly will have the momentum as well and beat the beat the Falcons. Uh, <laughs> the Bears and the Packers. Who you got? That bad man, Aaron Rodgers. Mama, there goes that man. I, I'm gonna have to take the the Packers as well. Uh, I mean, the the, the Bears. They've got a. a a bright young team or bright future, I should say, with a talented young team. But the, the Packers had a down year last year. Aaron Rodgers had the collarbone injury, uh, and they, I'm sure they're just itching, chomping at the bit to get back on the field. So I'm I'm going Packers to start strong. Uh, Jets, <laughs> Jets and Lions. Why, I don't know, but Jets and Lions, who you got? Yeah, how this made it onto a primetime Monday night matchup, I have no hell. Clue. Week one. I'm going Detroit. Week one. Yeah, week one of all weeks too, right? Uh, I'm solely going Detroit just for my boy Matty P, uh, former D coordinator for the Patriots. So go Matty P, go Lions. So I listened to him on the Adam Schefter podcast. He, there was a segment with with Matt Patricia. I didn't know that he was from upstate New York, which is not too far from from me. So I guess I'll root for the New York local guy and go go with the Lions. Uh, but uh, I mean, Detroit, at least on paper, has I wouldn't say much better, but a slightly better team. I think the Jets are mildly underrated, and the Lions are moderately overrated. But uh, you know, I'll, I'll point the arrow slightly in the favor of Detroit. Uh, Rams and Raiders. Ah, I'm going Rams. Yeah. The Rams really beeped off that that team. They really added a lot of pieces to the secondary. Yeah, they are scary. They are scary. I'm actually upset at all the players they acquired. It's just not fair. But woe is me. Nobody cares. <laughs> On to week two. Ravens and Bengals. Uh, this is one of those games that I'm just like, here we go with the dumbass scheduling again. Uh, but – I guess I'm going Cincy solely because they're at home and they usually start off the season good, but really Ravens, Bengals, I mean, the best part about that game is just probably seeing uh, how many felonies will be on the field at one point in time. <laughs> Man, the enigma that is Joe Flacco, right? I mean, just, it's, oh my goodness. Remember at one point he, he had signed like the, the richest contract in the NFL and he was right off the Super Bowl yeah. victory and he just, Man, he was he's a league. Been a whole, yeah, and he's just been a whole bunch of nothing ever since then. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, in, in this in this matchup, I'm gonna have to take the home team, especially on a on a Thursday night short week week two. Uh, Giants and Cowboys. What you got? <laughs> uh, I have no clue because I don't know. So I mean, just because neither one of those teams' rosters are anywhere near where they'll be on this during this game uh, with Dallas dropping does and all of that stuff. I I don't know. It's a toss up. So I'm just going to healthy Odell. And possibly a, a you know a Saquon Barkley in the backfield um, with Master Eli going up against the beat up Cowboys team. So I, I guess the Giants. I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, respectfully disagree. Uh, I think while the Giants aren't as bad as their three and thirteen record indicated last year, I also think the Cowboys are a lot better, especially with a healthy Zeke and that offensive line. And if they could somehow jump ahead early on the Giants, I don't see Eli crawling back. Seahawks, Bears. Mm, Seahawks. Yeah. Wait, wait a second. The Bears have back-to-back primetime games. What did they do to deserve that? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Can you believe that? It's, it's the enigma. That's why I'm just kind of like, who the hell does Chicago- it? Chicago has back-to-back primetime games to open up the NFL season. Wow. I, I'm, for that reason only, I'm going to take Seattle. Uh, week three, Jets and Browns. The Jets, two primetime games in three weeks. Whoa. Jets and Browns. You Against the freaking Cleveland Browns. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. New look Cleveland Browns. Go Browns. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm saying the new look Cleveland Browns. Jarvis Landry is going to just. He's going to have 200 yards. Anyway, Patri- <laughs> Patriots and Lions, who you got? Pat. <laughs> Moving on, yeah. Steelers and Bucks. And, uh, man, what's up with these games? Wow. Uh, Pittsburgh. I like famous Jameis, but uh, I think too much Le'Veon, too much uh, Antonio Brown. And Pittsburgh uh, has had a really great offense, and Tampa has had a really poor defense, especially in the secondary. Uh, week four. Uh, here we go. Finally a good one. Vikings and Rams. Ooh, Rams. You know, I, this is a tough one for me. Uh, I want to see both teams lose. This could, I'm going to go with the tie. Ravens and, <laughs> Ravens and Steelers. <laughs> uh, Steelers. Yep, Steelers. Just uh, I think that their their team kind of like uh, the Packers, where they just felt a little gypped last year. Uh, the Steelers weren't weren't uh, all that banged up. They're relatively healthy, but I that that, that Jacksonville game, they're, they're probably still salty about that. Uh, Chiefs and Broncos. Oof. Uh, I'm actually probably. Yeah. I like Kansas City. They, like I said, they start off hot, so I think Kansas City sneaks away with that one. And Denver yeah, just, and, and you know, Bron- I, they, they don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah, and we, you and I have had this conversation before, uh, uh, the identity crisis, and they're also a team that's uh, on a decline. So I'll go with Kansas City as well. Uh, Colts and went to week five now. Pass, pass again over the Colts. I think we can both agree on that. All day. <laughs> Cowboys and Texans, Battle of Texas, Houston, Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 
I really cannot wait to see what Sean Watson can do in a full season. Yep. And that that exactly. that, that Watson that, that Watson Nook connection was unreal last season. Probably one of the most exciting things that are going to be present in the NFL this upcoming season. Those two are a match made in heaven. Uh, so we're both going to pick the Saints over the Redskins. Moving on to week six. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sadly enough, yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, week six, Eagles and Eagles and Giants. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I I think the I think the Eagles are for real, and the Giants are for fake Eagles. Uh, Chiefs back at it again, up against the Pats. The Pats, Pats are got some early prime time action. Wow, uh, deservedly so. New England, but, but, and New England. I'll I'll take the Pats here as well. Um, I feel Payback. like Bill Belichick. Got, yeah, yeah. I was gonna. Yeah, there you go. Uh. Here we go. The Niners, the Bay Area showing up against the Packers. You're going to go with uh, that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, or are going to give some love to the Bay Area here? Um, This is going to be a good one. But I'm solely going in with the bad man, Aaron Rodgers, Monday night, prime time. And it's at, I mean, they're at home. I mean, it's Lambo, the frozen tundra. Uh, So that's where I'm headed. This this is a tough game to pick, uh, but I'm gonna go with Packers. Uh, Broncos Cardinals, week seven. Ooh. Uh, Cardinals. You really dislike the Broncos, don't you? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, man, t- tell it like it is, brother. Tell it like it is. All right. Um, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Denver on this one. I think Arizona's a team in flux right now, uh, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, outside of David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you know, who you, who you got? Um, Rams and Niners. Rams. Yeah, man. The the Rams, the Rams are gonna be a tough team to beat. So I'm going to go with the Rams as well. Uh, Giants and Falcons. Falcons. Uh, uh, I'm going to ask you again. Giants or Falcons? Falcons. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as, as much as I dislike Dirty Birds, uh, I think they're going to make light work of the Giants here. Falcons for me as well. Um, week eight. See, this Every week's got a Thursday game, and that's well. While I like to see as much football as possible, the, this is obviously a topic of, of conversation for another show, another day. But man, week in, week out, the the quality of these Thursday night games, I don't, uh, I don't know about it. But anyways, I digress. Uh, I'm gonna take the the Texans over the Dolphins. You gonna you gonna disagree with me there? No. All right. Uh, Saints and Vikings. This is going to be a battle for the ages. I will, I will still be your friend no matter who you pick. What are you going to go with? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm going Saints solely because they want payback. I solely for the I'm going to go with. Factor. I'm going to go with the Saints solely because they're my favorite team. No, I, I think that the, these two teams match up really well. 
Um, while the Vikings improved greatly, as did the Saints, uh, the Vikings pretty much had two two big ticket signings and Kirk Cousins and uh, I believe Sheldon Richardson on the D line. Am I right in saying that? Yep. Okay, so so they 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 added a strength to a strength, and they have a you know uh, now a, a above average quarterback. So yippity doo da. I, but I think the Saints and Vikings match up really well. Um, especially indoors. Patriots, Bills. Uh, New England all day. I think, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with the New England Patriots here. Yeah. Bills don't even have a quarterback. <laughs> I, so. mm, yeah, they're going to play. Oh, or is that dude they're playing last? He, he came in against the Saints, and I was at this game in Buffalo. Um, uh, P- Peterman, is that right? P- Peterman, the Peterman. Peterman, yes. Oh my gosh, that was Peterman. that was brutal to watch. Yeah, uh, what's his first name? Was it Sean Peterman? I, Patrick I don't Peterman? Know what his name is, <laughs> oh, uh, I don't even know. I just anyway, knew everybody just kept calling him the Peterman. So, <laughs> oh my goodness, they did Tyrod dirty. But anyways, um, uh, let's go with. Week nine, Raiders and Niners. So that Niners show, showing up, showing out in the prime time. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly say for this game, I am going with the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G gets it done. Prime time. Battle of the Bay. Going Niners. Battle of the Bay. That's gonna be that's gonna be a good one. Unfortunately, it's a Thursday night game, but I'm taking the Niners as well. Um, Packers and Pats. This will be a really really good one. I, I I'm trying to think just off the top of my head, Aaron. I don't think the Packers and Patriots have met all that often in the regular season during their the Rodgers and Brady years, have they? So they've met. They met two years ago. Two years but ago, I, I, I feel believe. Like, I feel like three years ago in Lambeau. And the Packers snuck one out against us uh, on a last-second Mason Crosby field goal. It was like a 24-21 to 21 kind of game. Um, but November, Patriots at home, prime time. Brady doesn't really lose um, late in the season. Uh, Pats usually have it put together of who they are and what they want to do at this point. Uh, so I'm solely going New England. Um, but I think it's going to be a close one. I, I will definitely say, as as they say, it will be closer than the experts think. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I want to point out that I I do realize that the NFL has a very rigid scheduling system. So the, the, the Pats and Packers obviously have to play once every you know so many years. But I just I'm just having a hard time like remembering these games, but. Sounds like Mason Mason Crosby still haunts your dreams. Uh, I'm gonna take the Pats at home in November though as well. Uh, Titans Cowboys. Uh, Titans. I'm gonna go with the Titans as well. On to Week Ten: Panthers and Steelers in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Uh. I'm going Pittsburgh. Now, as, as much as I hate to say it, I feel like Carolina's going to go in there and just steal one this week. 
on a short I, see, week, I think they I, can. I, That's why I was like, I, 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 it's hard for me to say that. But I, I again, I, I can see that going either way. But Carolina just hasn't proven enough to me to be clutch. So that's why I'm going Pittsburgh. Like, they're just, you know, they're not a clutch team. So uh, that's why I'm going Pittsburgh. All righty. Cowboys and Eagles. This is the moment we've all been waiting for, right? America's team is defending <laughs> Super Bowl champs. Uh, Philly, Dallas sucks. Sorry. No argument here. And then some more NFC East battle, or not battle, team versus team, but another NFC East team, I should say. The Giants and Niners. The Niners once again coming up prime time game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take them on Monday night against the Giants. Me too. Oh, I'm excited to see that the Niners are getting some prime time love. Uh, week eleven. Packers Seahawks, maybe four years ago, this would have been the game of the year. What do you got? Packers. Agreed. Steelers and Jags. This is one that I will have my popcorn ready for. Jacksonville. Um ooh, yes. Jacksonville. And they're gonna this there's gonna be some trash talking, there's gonna be some taunting. This this is not gonna be a friendly environment. I'm taking the Jags. Okay. Chiefs and Rams. Ooh, Rams. You know, I feel like the Rams at this point will have made a nice little run. You know, perhaps they'll be week 11. Perhaps they'll be, you know, with a bye 7-2 and two or something like that. And I think the Chiefs are a team that could really be a trap game. Uh, I don't want to – you know, trap game is probably a poor term because they you know, they were uh, a good team last year. Um Trap team, of course, in reference to a bad team that catches a good team sleeping. But I think I think the Chiefs will get slept on here, uh, and we'll we'll pull it out against the Rams. I think the Rams will be caught on their high horse and get taken down at least for for one week. Week twelve, Falcons and Saints Thursday night Thanksgiving. Right? Is this Thanksgiving? This is Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. It is Thanksgiving. Uh, one so Thanksgiving I am going. No, there's three. So it's uh, Chicago, Detroit, uh, Washington, Dallas, Atlanta, New Orleans. So I would go Detroit, Washington, New Orleans. Life is easy when two men agree on things. Moving on. (laughs) Packers and Vikings (laughs) on Sunday. Uh, I am going Green Bay. Uh, I, I just... I just want to see Minnesota lose this late in the season against a division rival. And I I do like Aaron Rodgers a lot as a player. So I'm going to take the Packers. Titans and Texans. I am going with Houston. I'm going to go with Houston as well. I'm probably going to pick them more often than not when they're at home this upcoming season. I think there's a lot of potential there. Week 13, Saints back in prime time with back-to-back Thursday night games. NFL, what are you doing to my team here? Back-to-back Thursday games? Come on, bro. Who you got? New Orleans. Uh, I'm going to have to respectfully agree. 
<laughs> Niners and Seahawks. Ooh, I think the Niners go into Seattle, the return of Richard Sherman back to Seattle, and they steal one in Seattle. Late Richard Sherman the... interception to seal the game. <laughs> that is quite the storyline, is it not? Uh, just just for the fun of it, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on board with that as well. Uh, Washington showing up again in prime time. These these Redskins at Philly Monday night in December. Dare I? I was gonna say, dare I even entertain the thought of the Redskins winning? I do not. Yeah. Week fourteen, we're getting into the thick of things here. Jaguars at Titans on Thursday night. The Titans are a mediocre team, and the Jaguars are not giving me Jacksonville. I am going with Jacksonville. Steelers at the Raiders. So, sleeper pick, Pittsburgh, West Coast game, late. They don't travel well. Oakland in a not-so-fast-my-friend. Shout-out to Lee Corso. Pick. (laughs) Um, While I agree with the concept I disagree with the team and Oakland's ability to pull that off. So I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here. Uh, Vikings they got Chucky, Seahawks. man. Chucky's going to get them right. <laughs> I would not be surprised, but I just, I'm not a believer in the Raiders quite yet. Vikings, Seahawks. Uh, Vikings, Seahawks, Vikings. Two straight home losses in December for Seattle. The wheels are falling off the wagon, my friend. They are falling off the wagon, and I will add the (laughs) – I don't know where I was going with that. I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, Week 15, Chargers at Chiefs. Kansas City. Kansas City. Uh, You know, the Chargers are a very enigmatic team. They're a very frustrating team. Uh, We were talking about the the Wizards earlier. I feel very similarly about the Chargers. Like, come on, you got the talent. What the – Heck is wrong with you guys? I'll take the Chiefs here. Uh, Eagles at Rams. This will be a good one. This will be a really good one. Ooh. Solely because it's in LA, I'm going Rams. This yeah, will be I'm gonna go a with the home. home field advantage, playoff potential matchup kind of game. I'm going to go with the home team here as well. Is the new stadium going to be ready next year or is it the year after in LA? The year after. Okay. Um, I will mm, – Saints at Panthers. You know, the, the Saints swept the Panthers last year. Uh, I think the Saints have gotten stronger. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not sure just how closely you followed the offseason. Uh, I, I know you have, but as far as you know, individual teams, I feel like the Panthers have done almost nothing this offseason. Can you recall one player that Carolina even – Signed in no. free agency? I, I nope. know, man, really. So the, the Saints got better. The Panthers did nothing, uh, despite it being in Carolina. Uh, in December, the Saints are definitely much better suited for outdoor weather now than they were in years past. So I'm taking New Orleans. Yep, me too. All right, week 16, Chiefs and Seahawks. Ah, Seattle. So the wheels fell off, and now they've become reattached, apparently. I'm taking – I'm not going to yeah. buy it. I'm taking the Chiefs. 
They got some spare tires on right now at this point. (laughs) Uh, uh, They got those run flat tires, huh? (laughs) Yeah, they got the run flat. Oh, my goodness. Uh, The last one, Broncos at Raiders. You're taking taking the the Bay Area in in the the last game in Oakland? I am Yep, the Oakland Alameda County Raiders. This will be their last game in Oakland. Yes, I've 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 got to take the Raiders. There's no other there's no other choice here. All right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna run a quick audible here. We're we're running 12 minutes overtime, but we got another 18 minutes of recording time. Uh, do we want to do we want to squeeze a little, little bit of baseball in here, or do we want to we want to wrap it up? Let's wrap it up, and then we can hit baseball. Start it off strong next week with some baseball talk. Sounds sounds good. We'll pick a, <laughs> I need at least ten minutes to talk about the Yankees. So yeah, let's let's push the exactly. next week. Exactly. <laughs> oh man! All right, so we we got the draft coming up this week. Uh, first round of the NBA playoffs is wrapping up. One series has already been wrapped up. Uh, shout out to the Portland Trailblazers and their collapse. Um, baseball season is well underway. Uh, NHL playoffs are going on. Perhaps we should get into a little bit of hockey next week, at least uh, the, the little bit that we may or may not know about the sport. I'll admit to that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go Sharks. Um, That's all I know. <laughs> hey, there you go. I'll, I'll root for the Sharks. Why not? Um, all right, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap it up. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Peace.